You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. The main thing is about acknowledging that, you know, that the desires of your heart are there and uh, things have changed, losses come in, you've lost something that's not coming back. And that's that can only yeah. make us feel sad. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Des. Well, it is Momentum all around Australia. Really, really appreciate you tuning in once again. And uh, just a quick point to the website before we launch into this week's show, MomentumAustralia.org. If you'd like to give us some feedback, maybe ask us a question, check out a podcast or two, or even consider supporting this ministry, which goes all around Australia, MomentumAustralia.org. My friend, colleague, and co-host, Des Kennedy, is with us once again. Des, how are you? Indeed he is, and I'm very well, thank you. It's a, a lovely way to be introduced. What was funny about that? <laughs> but I'm, just, I'm just in a good mood, it's all good. So uh, the other thing I want to say is that we do have a support line for men. You know, we're so blessed to have this uh, Momentum Care line. The number is one 800 men or 636. And the service is provided by our friends at Caroline Connections, and you can reach out to them seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m., 1-800-000-MEN. 1-800-000-636, that is the number. And uh, look, we just want to encourage you, our heart at Momentum is for men to get connected, to do life together, to have a conversation. And if you've got nobody in your world right now and you want a confidential conversation, then you can do that, 1-800-000-636. And the reason I'm plugging that again is because, you know, we're coming up to the end of the year. It's been a big few years, and let's be honest, uh, every year has a mix of, of highs and lows. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. Things that have been completed, things that are still ongoing. And sometimes we might need to chat some of that through. So as we approach the end of the year, we thought it might be beneficial to have a guide as to how to look back over the last 12 months, acknowledge and process some of the things that have happened to us in our lives, and so we can move forward and positively into 2023. And to help us do that is Pastor Councillor and our good friend at Momentum, Steve Wickham. Welcome back, Steve. So good to be here. Uh, Tim and Des. Yeah, you're welcome, man. It's good to have you back, man. I mean, um, you know, you've been on the show a few times now and, uh, you know, we, we just love what you have to bring. When we talk about this idea of letting go and some of the stuff, you know, I mean, you're not immune to that as well. I mean, you've had some fairly key things happen in your life in the last few months, which we'll get to in a moment. But I'm just going to quickly scoot around the three of us. And, you know, we're in December. We're at the end of the year. How are you guys feeling? Because for a lot of us, when we get to the end of the year, it you know, the year kind of catches up with us, doesn't it? It's like, I'm ready for a break. So how are you guys feeling? Well, for me, um, I'm actually feeling really good at this time of the year. Normally, the last few years, I haven't been. Hmm. And I'll put that down to two reasons. Um, and I can go into into those if you want. First of all, I think I've applied some new boundaries this year and they've worked out well. Hmm. And also, I've got some peace, some real peace in my vocational context, which I've struggled to, to obtain over the last few years. But I'm actually in a good place. I'm not sure about you, Des. Oh, that's, am- that's amazing. That's re- Look, you know, I've, I've, I'm mixed, to be totally honest. I, I have mixed feelings. Because when you get to my age, you get tired a lot quicker. And that's certainly, that's certainly impacted me. But, you know, I, I'm excited about what we've been able to do with Momentum. And that's, you know, a hugely positive thing for the end of the year. But I have to say my heart is heavy because my only sister passed away, uh, you know, six weeks, eight weeks ago. Um, and that was such a shock. And so, uh, you know, I've, I have struggled and I'm struggling to come to terms with that. But, um, you know, blessed in so many ways and blessed with, you know, good health, blessed with, you know, good, good place to live. 
I'm blessed doing this ministry, and I'm, I'm blessed to have the faith I have. It's, a, it's amazing to have faith in Jesus. It's amazing. What about you, Tim? I was going to let Steve come back to you, but we'll pause that, Steve. Look, to be honest, I, I, same, similar to you in the fact that I, I feel like I'm in a good space mentally, but I'm, I'm tired. It's been a big 12 mm-hmm. months, and I feel like I, I'm not in a negative spot, but um, I just feel like I just need a couple of weeks of doing nothing. No phone, no emails, no people to contact and things to chase up and, and do that sort of thing. And I think that's fairly normal mm-hmm. at this end, yeah. at the end of the year, where it's like, it's been a big year. We're ready just for some downtime. And, you know, we're going to talk about how do we process the year. Interesting, Des, that you mentioned, and then let's pick that back up because Steve is going to interject with regards to what was happening for you and how you're processing the loss of your sister. Mm. So, Steve, you were going to you were going to jump in on that. Well, 27th of August this year, I lost my mum. And so I think we're in the same yeah. place, Des, as far as trying to grapple with, with loss and, uh, and grief and that sort of thing. And that's the only, yeah. it's the only area of my life that uh, has been kind of, you know, off mark, you know, this mm, year. Yeah. But there are some things to learn out of that as well. And um, just while you're talking about being tired, that's mm. the kind of, that's the invitation to retreat I, I've, I, I love, uh, and I'll have to give it to you after. Now, this afterward. is Ruth Haley Barton, yep. a book called Invitation to Retreat, The Gift and Necessity of Time Away with God. Yeah. yeah I mean, the whole thing around my sister, if I could just say, mm. is, you know, I have the video of her funeral. Mm. And I, I can't watch it. Yeah. Hmm. And that's a symptom I know of me not having grieved sufficiently or the right way or whatever the right term is. Steve, you would know that better than me. But, you know, and Paul, one of our core guys, along with Stephen and Tim, uh, offered to sit with, with me to go through that video. Yeah. But I need to go through it myself. And, and I'm struggling with that. And you know, to be honest, it's a gutsy thing for you to say that, and mm. especially in this context, is I, I just respect to you for for, be, for for saying that, and because it gives us all permission, mm. doesn't it, to, to grieve, to be sad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I, and and look, uh, the truth is, I think does as well. Like for me, you know, I lost my mum last January, and different context to you, uh, in the fact that I didn't, I wasn't super close with my mum. She was in the UK and I had to watch the funeral online, which was a bizarre experience as well. But it was interesting and it has been rather since probably then the last 18 months that um, I don't necessarily think too much about that. Although there's been some really key moments in the last 18 months that I would not have expected. And I think we're going to talk about this, Steve, when we talk about the grieving journey and the grieving process and how certain things will just come up at really random moments. Mm. Yeah. And it will be then that I will then have to process whether it's a good moment or a grieving moment or a frustration moment, uh, you know, or a like a, a, a lack or a loss kind of moment. It, it, it's funny how grief works, isn't it? Yep. And it's not always straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, Des, yeah, the key is, you know, at some stage when the time is right for you, and I think you'll know when the time is right. You know, being able to to embrace the video and watch the video and and then take the process yeah. from there. It's, it's let's be honest, it's not easy. Loss is never easy. No, and there are no, no rules about this, are there? And just taking your time. And that's right. That's giving yourself as much agency as the key word agency and having the power over the own over your own process. It's really important. Yes. Yes. So let's let's speak to the guys listening, right? I mean, and they may be even in a situation, uh, you know, this year as well. I mean, look, there's all sorts of things that could have happened for people, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to loss, mm-hmm. 
whether it's um, a person, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, um, you know, and anything in between and all of that sort of stuff. But I'm going to start with a question, Steve, of generically, why, why do we need to do this, particularly as men? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of guys, you know, we just, you know, head down, bum up, we just keep going. We just keep churning on and, yeah. you know, and at some stage this stuff might catch up yeah. with us, right? But but why is it important to say when we get to the end of the year to just have some time and go, let me just have a look back, have a process of some of this stuff. What are the benefits of that? Well, if you put it off, it'll catch up with you. You know, that's grief just does. Yeah, that's the key, isn't it? I met with a mentor for lunch today and he was telling me about four years later, he was grieving his, his dad, he's writing a, a, a message around the father's heart and suddenly it hit him. Wow. And, you know, he, he didn't put it off for any, any particular reason, but I think there's so much to be had in holding space for yourself and opening space and for giving yourself time to grieve and for permission yeah. for whatever comes, you know, whether it's tears, there's, there's all sorts of things that, that come out of that process. Can I, can I ask also then, when we're putting it off, mm-hmm. right, for a lot of guys, what what are the symptoms of that? And and I'm going to use myself as a bit of an example here, but I know when I didn't deal with some of the stuff with my mum, a lot of anger mm-hmm. unresolved yep. internally, a lot of irritation, yep. a lot of unhappiness with life yep. in general. Like yep. I didn't just feel particularly happy. Yeah. Um, like there was these sort of key things where I didn't really feel peaceful, mm-hmm. you know, while I was uh, this stuff that sat in the background that hadn't been dealt with. Is that fairly common for a lot of guys? Well, I think so. You know, and, and anger is that secondary emotion. We've talked about it before. Fear and, and sadness, those primary emotions that men typically have a lot of trouble with. You know, be, being honest mm-hmm. about being sad and, and being fearful, it's a, it's a feels like a massive weakness. But the paradox is they're actually real strengths. They're real strengths. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with staying a, a little busy. You've, you've got to, you know, I think that's actually a good thing. So mm-hmm. don't, don't, but don't get so busy that you put it off. Make some time for it. Make some time to process it with those you trust. And using your mm. words, get the words out. You know, express yourself. You know, if you're in a situation where you're grieving, but you haven't, you know, for those people like myself, whose family are in Ireland, Tim, you with your family in England, you know, it's it's a different scenario when you're, you're there and present and in. Like, so when my father died, I was in Ireland and, you know, I was in the middle of the process and, you know, we can go into what happened then, but, but that's another subject. But, you know, this is, it's different when you're on the other side of the world. And there'll be lots of guys listening, you know, to this podcast and they'll say to themselves, well, you know, it's okay. You can be at your dad's funeral, but, you know, what happens when you, you can't, when you can't be there? It's the other end of the world. It happens suddenly and, you know, you can't afford to go over or, or whatever it happens to be. You know, it makes it so much more difficult because you feel isolated, you feel remote. What I would say, it's about acknowledgement and two key terms are ambiguous loss and complicated grief. So you're talking about layers of grief and layers that make things more complicated. So it's about acknowledging that. So it might be a deeper journey, a longer journey. Mm. Mm. Um, It's certainly, um, that's, they're added complications. You've got thousands of kilometres and huge distance. Is that mm. I suppose when you when you if you want to encapsulate that Des and then Steve what what Des is saying is does that then um, make it harder make the struggle harder to find 
the word closure, like closure with the acceptance piece of this has actually mm. happened because mm. it feels, I know it's happened, but it yeah. feels so distant mm. because yep. I wasn't there. Yep. Therefore, I can't really get my head around it. It's hard to acknowledge it. And therefore, it's hard for me to fully get closure yeah. with it. Yep, yep, definitely. Well, I think acknowledgement yeah. as far as a process about doing the acknowledgement, I think acknowledgement as far as being acceptance and closure, that that comes that's an undefined kind of thing isn't it it's mm. very uh, yeah. nebulous and it's it's yes. maybe a long way away but we have to trust mm. and hope that if we do our grieving that that will come probably not so much i'm not sure about closure but i think acceptance uh, mm. out of those five stages of grief mm. it's a really important concept one of the things that was important and it might be useful for men who are listening mm. is to if, if you can remotely get involved so what, what I did with my sister's funeral was I wrote some words representing my family mm. at, this, at the funeral. And, and while um, I haven't heard what I had written being said yet, um, you know, it did give me a, a sense of involvement that was very useful for me. Well, off the yeah. back of that, Des, where I was going to go was let's talk about journaling and actually getting stuff out. Now, I am a journaler. Yeah. I've always been a journalist since I was a kid. Yep. Um, and particularly since I've been a Christian, like I've, I've found having a, a prayer journal or just a journal, a day-to-day kind of putting my thoughts on paper, yep. what I'm sensing, feeling, like, that's actually been really beneficial for me. Yep. Now, a lot of guys would struggle with that. Oh, it sounds a bit kind of girly and feminine, keeping a journal. Mm. But, but as far as a process of processing and mm-hmm. maybe letting go or just getting mm-hmm. stuff out on paper, what are the benefits of that, Steve? And would you recommend it for guys listening? Oh, yeah, I would. Um, some people are really, really big on on that. I think um, in any of the arts, any of the ways you can express and get your right brain uh, working. I think creative writing, but but journaling and getting into the nub of what you're feeling, and that's hard. That's a that's a real struggle to to come up mm. with some terms or. And sometimes it can be could be frustrating, but but it's it's actually a good process to enter into. But some people are, are massive on nature as well. Getting out into mm. nature, get mm. con- get connected yeah. with the bigness of the world and mm. the fact that in yeah. death, we, we will all die. We, we will all have a turn yeah. at this. And so it's the natural flow of things. And it's, it's, that's, the, that's, I guess, one of the hard bits. But I think journaling is excellent. It's a, an excellent way of kind of detaching, putting it on the table and, and talking about how, how do I feel, mm. you know, externalizing it a little bit. So, Steve, do you journal? Well, I, for me, I write a lot, and I, you know, write lots of articles. I think me yeah. comes out onto onto the. the I, I express myself that way. So in that way, to me, it's very healing yes. to actually to write. Yeah, I, and I was just yeah. going to say off the back of that too, Des. Um, you know what I what I actually quite like about journaling is that I I, I periodically will kind of just skip back through some of my yeah. journals. And it's really yeah. interesting to see then some of the stuff that I was praying about or going through, whether it's three months, six months, 12 months down the track or whatever, because, you know, a lot of life happens and we forget about certain yeah. things. But it, yeah. it also is good to be reminded of good things, mm-hmm. which we've written down or answers to prayer that have happened, you know, and that I've, I kind of just rebalances me to some degree. If I'm having a bad yeah. day, mm-hmm. I can go back and go, oh, but I felt like, you know, this, this was a good day and I remember that, that was really positive. Or if I'm having a bad day, you know, it's like there's, there's a way of getting it out and processing it and then suddenly it doesn't feel as bad. I must admit, I don't journal as a general rule, except when something's happening in my world. So, for example, if I go on a water fast, which I do on a semi-regular basis, so, you know, 14 days, 
21 days, whatever it happens to be, when you go on a water fast, I actually do journal during that that time because it is a time where you are, um, I was going to say exposed, but that's not the right word, uh, where you feel vulnerable, I guess, and you're, you know, you're at your wit's end in some ways. And, and some of the thoughts that come out are real and raw and, and important. And I would say, mm. for, for, I know my experience with, with you, Tim, is you embody that and you reread it. And I can imagine for, for Des as well, as you redigest it, there's actually a, a lot of depth that comes in in mm. doing that. And I've seen I've mm. seen the fruit of that in your life. Yeah, I appreciate that. Look, you know, we're, we're talking about letting go and we're talking about wrapping up this year really well. And, uh, you know, it wasn't where I expected to go in the first 15 minutes of the show, <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, look, I think there's a lot in that. And what I think we should do, guys, is take a short break and encourage the guys to go to MomentumAustralia.org. Have a quick look around the website while we, uh, we just take a short break. And Steve, I think when we come back, let's talk about the stages of grief. You know, because um, for, for guys to really let go well, uh, there are stages that we can go through that will then help us process this. And we talked about conclusion and acceptance. Mm. Uh, we can talk about that and maybe help the guys in the second half of the show just to end the end the year really well and process some of this stiff stuff really well uh it is steve wickham tim and des with you it is momentum australia all around australia we're going to take a short break and check out the website in the meantime momentumaustralia.org and we're going to be uh, back with steve to look at the five stages of grief in just a tick stay tuned you're listening to momentum a show that helps men succeed in life find out more at momentumaustralia.org well, welcome back to this week's show. It is uh, Tim and Dave's with you, of course, and our special guest is uh, Steve Wickham, and we're talking about letting go. How do we kind of process some of the stuff that's happened to us this year? Uh, I suppose put it to bed and uh, get ready for a brand new year, 2023. You know, th- there are steps to particularly grief, stages of grief, and we want to explore that now because some of this may really help you in letting go of some of the stuff that you've been journeying through in 2022. And so, Steve, let, let's start mm. with, actually, I'll quickly run through the five. Mm. The first is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. So, let's go back to denial mm-hmm. and explore what that actually means. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds fairly obvious, mm-hmm. but just expand on that for us. Yeah, and just acknowledging Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, you know, these, these five stages are really, really, you know, true in, in our lives as far as loss and grief is mm-hmm. concerned. For me, denial could be shock. It's like the, the initial shock of yes. what's happened, mm. and it's reconciling. Yes. That that shock will take a while, and there, there are levels of shock. There are stoke and worst stages of shock within that. Um, and really, oh, the only other thing I would say about the five stages before we get into the other ones is that sometimes you can get a bit of intermelding, so you can go from you know one to another. It doesn't always happen in a straight linear process. Sure, but definitely shock is a, is another word I think for that uh, that stage of denial. What, what I what I also like is that she says this stage is usually a temporary defence, mm. which I think is interesting. Yeah, because I suppose. There's the shock, but we don't necessarily want to admit that mm-hmm. or um, believe that this has happened. Yeah. And so the defense is that we deny mm. what's actually mm-hmm. happened. I mm-hmm. suppose that's what she's saying. Definitely. And and if you, you were to skip forward to the to the third step as far as bargaining is concerned, so there's a bit of intermixing denial and bargaining. So sometimes we can't face you know the, the the truth of the of the grief of the loss. It's too hard, it's too painful. Mm. So that temporary defense very much. Uh, you know, I think that's absolutely right, you know, in terms of denial. And I, I guess I refer back to what happened in my world in the last year. You know, um, whenever I heard, you know, that my sister passed away, I actually heard it from my first wife. 
And, you know, she said, oh, I'm, really, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> and I, I said, what are you talking about? She's, my sister's still alive. And, um, and then came the news shortly thereafter that, uh, that Ray had passed away. And, you know, it, it, I had real trouble, you know, with that in terms of denying and just didn't want to believe that it, it had happened. And so it's definitely real. It's definitely a real feeling uh, of that extreme loss. Steve, then let me ask you, how, how do we move in that stage of denial? How do we move from that, that place where it is a bit of a defense mechanism? Mm. We, we don't want to accept that this mm-hmm. may have happened. Yep. How do we start that acceptance piece when we're in that space? Is it just a matter of time? Or what can we do practically to kind of sit with that and go, I, I'm not even sure how to start accepting? Yeah. Classically, I think denial does have a time kind of period to it. But yes. there are also times, I mean, three months ago, yesterday, we lost mum. There are still some times when I think, is she, still, is she really dead? You mm. know, there's that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, I think that's normal. And acceptance, if we, you know, that, that where we want to get to, if mm. we can accept that, that that's okay, you know, that there are times and you feel that way, that's maybe a way of, of you know, getting fast-tracking and getting through that, that denial piece. So. Okay, all right. Uh, l- let's move towards anger then, which mm. is the stage number two. I- I'm assuming then that this is, we, we've started to accept what's happened, but we don't like what's mm-hmm. happened. Definitely. And so we move in anger. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, anger is, is a realistic emotion. I mean, you, this is an injustice that's happened. You know, you, how dare death take my loved one my loved one, or my relationship or something else, a huge loss, my yes. career away from me. Hmm. Any of these are losses. But the, the key thing is to be angry, but as the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. You know, that's the – to try and process that anger in a way that doesn't hurt ourselves – or doesn't hurt others, but it's legitimate. Yeah. It's a legitimate emotion to, to experience. Uh, yeah, and certainly in, even in the job situation, where somebody you know has got a job, and for circumstances, maybe COVID or whatever it happens to be, they've lost that job that they loved, and it's that's an absolutely natural thing. Once you've accepted it, to feel angry about it, it's it is a normal process. And certainly, I, I didn't have much anger because I, I just handled it I guess a little bit differently but you know I can understand why people when they have that massive change in their world unexpected why they feel angry it's a it's it's natural yeah Yeah. so so realistically Steve and and for guys particularly listening right now what what's a healthy place to get rid of that anger what what are some healthy ways of diffusing that i mean sitting with it and processing that's one thing but if we want to get it out mm-hmm. you know we've got this stuff rather than just taking it out on our nearest and dearest and those around mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. what would be some healthy ways to express that well we've seen this time and again you know when we have interactions with guys 10 or 15 minutes of truth telling actually processes yeah. that it may not process it 100 yes. percent for the whole of your life mm. but it processes it for the for the time being and that's all we need just 10 or 15 minutes mm. of real, true connection. And especially if you can do it with another guy, it doesn't matter who it is really, but connect, 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 connect. Yeah. Yeah, we say that all the time in Momentum, that having have it, having friends that you can trust before you hit something is so critical. And, and this sort of conversation more than emphasizes that. Get yourself a good mate you can trust who can be your mentor, can be your coach, your guide, whatever that happens to be, 
find that person in your world now uh, so that whenever things do happen, like you lose somebody or you lose your job or whatever it happens to be, you've got somebody you know will have your back. And uh, Tim and I talk about that all the time. Yeah. yeah, and what we really want and need is a listener and not someone to give us advice. So mm. someone who can empathize, yes. Yes. who can just who maybe just sit there and listen, may, may not actually say much. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to throw in something else as well, and, and you guys might laugh because you know me, but uh, the, the gym mm-hmm. has been a place for me yeah. over the last 30-odd years to be honest, where I've processed a lot of stuff yep. without really thinking about it, mm-hmm. right? Where it just is a space where I can go and let off some steam, have a good run, throw some weights around, not literally, um, you know, and, and just get rid of some mm-hmm. of that stuff. Yeah. And I just want to, I suppose, encourage mm-hmm. guys into that space of physically moving as well, because, yep. you know, when we hold it all in, yep. it can become quite volatile. Yeah. To have a healthy outlet like that, I think, is quite, well, reasonably healthy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And being a, an ex-bodybuilder myself, you, the, the sense of well-being you get out from, from having a decent workout and having those the, the muscles let down and, and the, the DOMS the next day, you know, the yes. delayed onset muscle soreness and just the feeling that you've worked your, your body. Actually, it, it does work. It's yeah. a very good one. Let's move to, to number three, bargaining. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that actually mean then? When we, 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 so we've started, at, we've denied, then we've started to accept, but we're angry about this. And then we move into bargaining. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, it can mean that you want the way you want your life back the way it was. Right. So you're prepared to bargain th- th- that way through. And I think it, the main thing is about acknowledging that you know the, the desires of your heart are are there, and uh, things have changed. Losses come in. You've lost something that's not coming back, and that's that can only yeah. make us feel sad. Mm. So the issue around that is. Uh, to, to understand that bargaining is is going to happen, um, but talk our way through it. You know, trying to work at, work with the new normal. Hmm. What a, what about from a person of faith? And and you know, we're all the three of us have a faith, and we, we've all probably bargained with the Lord at some stage with regards to a decision, and we're all laughing because we know we're going to lose. No, not me, not me. <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean. Honestly, sometimes that can, you know, things can happen, right, that we really struggle with, and it can actually shipwreck Mm -hmm. our faith Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we're like, God, I don't understand this, and I don't understand why you've allowed this into my life. So I suppose, Steve, speak into that space. Put your pastor's hat on for a moment and speak into that space. How how do we, if we're struggling with something, like and we have this kind of bargaining with God, tell us a bit about that. Well, God may have a different way. He might have a different destination for us. And this is part of the whole journey of faith and growing up in our faith. And it's very hard to to really wrestle with that because that, that other destination may be so unpalatable at the time. Many people, well, we've all prayed those prayers, haven't we? God, if you were to do this thing for me, I will, and then you finish the sentence. Mm. Um, sometimes yeah. if you answer this prayer, I will devote all... All of my life, well, you know, as Christians, <laughs> we've already prayed that prayer, yes. haven't we? Yes. The interesting thing is. Yes. But, yes. and a lot of people, you know, if that prayer isn't answered, and a lot of the times around bargaining, we're not praying around the right heart and that sort of thing. We're yeah. not praying for the right destination. Right. Maybe, maybe God's got a better plan. And that's hard. That's hard in the moment of loss yes. and grief mm. to accept that. Mm. But to trust that when you arrive at this acceptance place, that better plan might blow your socks off. Mm. Yeah, and also just I mean, in the sense of grief with, with 
people, you know, you know, like losing my sister at a relatively young age, you know, God has that in hand. We know why, you know, that God had a plan for her life and she had fulfilled her purpose and she is now, you know, with, with Christ in heaven. And so, you know, that, that is a relief for me. That is something that I can rely on and believe in. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. let, let's, let's flip that on its head, Des, and let's say then it, if number four is depression, right, mm-hmm. how then do we flip from bargaining into depression? Is it that the bargaining hasn't worked <laughs> and then we find ourselves <laughs> where we are yeah. and then, and then yeah. that, the depression well, sets in? It's no surprise that depression comes before acceptance because depression, you're in that place of truth. The truth is yeah. you've landed in that place of truth and it's not changing. Yeah. And it's horrible and hard and a, and a fearful and a very, very sad place to be in. And, of course, depression, this is not often not classical de- depression as far as clinical depression. It's grief. It's, it's a situational depression. So mm. um, maybe yeah. not has all the hallmarks of a, of a true depression, but... It's not just sadness, but it's also feeling very unmotivated and, and feeling like, mm. yeah, it's much more than just the sadness. But it is a, a place where you're sitting in the truth. Yeah. Also during that stage, um, and, and thankfully I don't think I've ever gone through depression. I mean, mm. Steve, I think you have. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure about you, Dave. Mm. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, when we when we think about this stage as well and, and the loss of that, mm. um what other stuff is happening for us in that space of depression? I mean, is that is that just because for me, the, I suppose there's a tension of this has happened externally, but now this is happening for mm-hmm. me internally. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So can you kind of reconcile that for me? So I guess in some ways you're looking at a lot of d- despair, um, and a lot of where where mm-hmm. is my hope? Where I can't yes. even have any faith because I don't. Where, I don't know where my hope. I'm. I'm actually uh, forlorn. I'm. I'm stricken. Um, I'm marooned. Mm. You know, and it can be yeah. like that. And it's a very st- when you're stuck in that place day after day, and it's a even just one day of that is horrendous. Mm. And mm. the good thing about coming out of that, in my own experience, is that you might come. You might come out and you have a the, the worst day, and then you'll have a, a kind of a better day. Mm. And then it might be a worse day again, but it, you're coming out of that. But when you're in the mm. thick of it, it's day after day mm. after day, and it's very, very hard. So how do we how do we then, over a period of time, mm-hmm. reach point number five? We've gone from denial to anger to bargaining through to the depression into point number five of the stages of grief, and this is acceptance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How how does that happen then? Do you think when we move from depression into acceptance? Is it that the, the, the good days become more frequent, the bad days become less frequent, and all of a sudden there is a, I've gone through the turmoil, the, the depths of despair, yeah. and now mm. I can kind of see that even though it's not ideal, I will be okay and this will be okay? I think it is a connection with the new normal, and it is the re-entry of yeah. joy. It's the re-entry of, um, in the new context, I'm in a, in a place where I accept the things I can't change, and we're moving on, uh, and, and mm. life... Maybe some of those hopes are, are, are actually being become realised in some ways. Um, it's sort of it's the thing you pray for in all of your grief, in in, in as you're grieving. Oh, I just want to get to acceptance, and you have little. You'll have days where you'll have little tastes of acceptance. You know, mm. it'll come in for a few hours or a day or that sort of thing. Mm. And sometimes you can get to a place where you think, "Oh, I've arrived," and then you flip back. So, be gentle with yourself because it's a it is a bit of a topsy turvy sort of journey. 
Yes, it's, it's interesting. Is it is it fair to say that when you go into acceptance, you realize there's other things going on in your world that you have to deal with? You have to um, like joy, like happiness, like life, doing life well, all those things. And it may be a job, and it may be your faith, or maybe whatever it is. Um, you you realize that you you do have to move on. <laughs> Well, it's an important point there, Des, because I think if we connect him with connecting with others and, and serving others and connecting with the suffering world, I think this is the thing. Yeah. That depression can actually open our eyes to the massive amount of suffering in the world. And so it actually might mm-hmm. connect us with other people's suffering. And it's not yeah. that we're going to deny our own suffering, but if we can serve into that suffering of others, we learn mm-hmm. a huge amount of empathy. So this is actually, depression is not an all downside. You, on the other side of it, once you've gotten through, you know, as I say, uh, if you're going through hell, keep going. Mm. That's the old uh, mm. Sir Winston Churchill quote. If you get, once you get through, you 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 realise what massive resources you've got of empathy that you that could only have come through being in that deep and hard, dark night of the soul kind of place. Mm. It's been a really interesting conversation. Hopefully, you've got something out of this. And we've looked at the five stages of grief in the last part of the show. That's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then finally acceptance. And, you know, however that relates to you at the end of 2022, uh, whether that's a death of someone close to you or a a family member or a friend, whether it's the loss of a job or something else that's happened in your life, um, you know, there is a process that we can go to that will help us. And, of course, as Steve said, it's a bit of a topsy-turvy process. It's going to take some time. And for all of us, that's going to look a little, a little different. Steve, as, as we wrap this up, just some final thoughts for guys, particularly listening. You know, when we've, we, we come into the end of the year, you know, generically, it's a busy time of year, mm. you know, lead up to Christmas, then you, and then we kind of get a break in the holiday season after that. But I suppose for the guys listening, you know, what would you recommend um, to start this process to kind of just spend some time, have some quiet time, have a look back over the year, look at some of the things to do. What would you recommend to the guys listening? Well, every year is a massive thing, isn't it? Uh, it's, you know, 365 days. I mean, if, if guys can just take the time, take the time, mate, pick up the phone, go through your phone and pick out a couple of people you might want to connect with. Hmm. Spend an hour, spend a couple of hours, get out to nature, do some journaling, give yourself some time and invest some time in yourself. I think that's a hmm. great thing to be doing at the end of, you know, uh, you know, December as you're getting into... Uh, you know, before the silly season starts, so to speak. Mm. Really, really important. Mm. In the silly season, it's uh, it's really important that you don't isolate during that period of time. It's important that you get with friends. It's important that you, you know, if you've got a church community, you get involved with them. Wherever your world is, make sure you stay engaged and connected despite how you're feeling. Stay involved and stay connected. Yeah, yeah. Good one, Des. And look, uh, if you have uh, nobody in your world that you feel like you can have a conversation with, we're going to point you back to the Momentum Care Line. That's 1-800-000-636, 1-800-000-MEN. And of course, the Momentum Australia website, MomentumAustralia.org. You'll find a whole bunch of resources online at the website. You can reach out to us too, and we can hopefully connect you locally. And of course, we love your financial support of this uh, men's ministry so that we can continue well into 2023. But wrapping up the show for this week with Pastor Steve Wickham. Steve, it's always a pleasure having you on the show, man. You've got so much to share with us and you know, taking us through some of those stages today that the guys can implement over the next few weeks, hopefully, and put them in a good stead for 2023, I think is really crucial. So appreciate you having you on the show, man. Thanks for being a part of Momentum. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Des. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. 
For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.